Imagine this. You grew up in the Valley reading the LA Times. Your dream job is to work for the LA Times. And finally, you get hired by the LA Times. And what's your first assignment? The Super Bowl, covering the Rams in Super Bowl 53. That's exactly the case for the LA Times' newest columnist, Arash Markazi. Notre Dame High in the Valley, USC alum, and now covering the Super Bowl. The Rams in the Super Bowl. That's where Arash Markazi is at. I'm your host, Bethel Duran. It's the Arrive Early, Leave Late podcast. It's Thursday, January 31st. About time I get to do a podcast with my longtime friend. And yes, this isn't me uh, with a hyperbole. This isn't me like overselling something. No, a longtime friend of mine. I remember when, when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a college student at USC. He's now the newest columnist here at the LA Times. His dream fulfilled. He's a, he was a Jim Murray fellow at USC. You know, forget it, Arash. How cool is it to work for the LA Times? It's still surreal. You know, my uh, first story ran this week at Media Day. And, you know, just to see, like, my name in the paper is still, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, and I'm sure we've talked about several times, I mean, that was always my dream is to work for that paper. I grew up reading Jim Murray and Helen Malamud, and I used to string prep games. And uh, I don't know. It's really, you know, it's not that often in life where you get to fulfill your dream. So it's still not real. It doesn't seem real. (laughs) You worked for the LA Times, you worked for ESPN, you worked for Sports Illustrated. Why is the Times that special for you? It's that connection to my childhood and kind of my love of sports. You know, I mean, I began becoming a sports fan, you know, with like the Showtime Lakers and like Kirk Gibson Dodgers and the, that time period. And again, reading those columnists and reading those people, I would clip my favorite columns and I would put them up on my wall. And, you know, and just so sometimes I think, you know, what if, you know, that kid would have known what was going to happen to him? So it's that connection that you can't find somewhere else. There's so many great jobs and so many great places to work at. But it's hard to have that connection to your community and to your city and the place you grew up in. So this was a job that I've always wanted. And when it was offered to me, it was a pretty simple decision, even though I loved the job that I had at ESPN. It was a jump that I had to make. All right. Now it's 2019. Everybody's supposed to want to work for a dot com. Everybody's (laughs) supposed to want for a website. You are NLZ leaving the interwebs and you're coming to a newspaper, but it's no longer just a newspaper. Now, the LA Times is a big multimedia platform. Here's the thing, and you touched on it. It's not just get the newspaper every day, and I encourage people to subscribe to the actual newspaper itself, but it is a website. It is a podcast. We're doing some social stuff at Super Bowl weekend. There are so many ways to tell stories that it's not just in the printed paper, but to be honest, that's what excited me about this opportunity is that they are a very forward-thinking company that wants to tell stories in unique new ways. And again, we are doing a podcast right now. I will be doing social media shortly. And so, I mean, there's so many different ways to tell stories that while I still love the printed newspaper, there are unique ways to tell stories now. So I just think of it as further progressing and maybe bringing some of the stuff that I've worked on before. If I can help it grow, I would love that. So what's your job? What is my job? Page two columnist, which as you know, growing up, I mean, notes on a scorecard was, you know, my favorite thing growing up and, you know, bringing my personality, bringing some fun things and really could not have started a better week because you got the Super Bowl. And as you know me, Beto, I like to go and have fun at Super Bowl week. There's a lot of events and parties outside of the game. So that's what I will be covering this week. All right. So your column uh, that ran earlier this week, it said, 
A comedian, a bartender, <laughs> walk into media day? What is media day? Well, media day is sort of, you know, our first chance to talk to the players and coaches. But as you know, or people have seen before, it's, it's, it's really not for the media. It's for a lot of characters. It's for Guillermo from Jimmy Kimmel. Guillermo is there, you know, talking to Tom Brady. He has a pillow that he says he made of Tom Brady. And there's a clown. There's a, a woman in a sombrero feeding crickets and worms to players. I mean, it's, it's so it's more of a production. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold up, hold up. We got time on the podcast. This isn't a radio hit. We only get four minutes. A woman in a sombrero feeding crickets and worms to the players? Yeah, I think she was works for TV Azteca or something. But yeah, she... And by the way, she was um, a lovely lady. So all the players had no problem trying the crickets. And uh, some of them liked the crickets. I guess that they were sweet. And so... But that's the characters. You know, it's, it, listen, we, we do get to talk to these players and coaches about the game. But Super Bowl um, opening night, which they call it now, is really about, like, the production and the show. And they got cheerleaders and they got... Uh, you know, a, a live show outside happening. So again, we all know about the game. By the time Sunday rolls around, it, it's sort of a two-week talk about the game. But that opening night is really about kind of like you know who's dressed up as what. There's like comedians around the stage, and again, it's more of a show. It's like everybody trying to be Vic the Brick. Exactly. And by the way, Vic is the OG. I mean, he should have been here. Vic the Brick is authentic. Exactly. You can't be Vic. Vic is the man. And they charge for this? So $30 tickets, or 29 I think it was. And it's, you know what, it's not a bad ticket, and here's why. Because I came in thinking that, like, oh my God, people pay for this. But listen, tickets are $2,500 just to walk into the door. And so this gives some of those fans a chance to see their favorite teams up close and yell. And some of them came over to sign their jerseys. So it sounds crazy, but obviously so many people can't afford a ticket to the game. This is their chance to kind of get to see their teams. Okay, I can see that. If you're, what are the tickets going for? Like $3,000 you wrote? Exactly. And that's just to like walk into the door. I mean, you don't have a 50-yard line ticket for that much. Yeah. So I can see somebody saying, you know what? I'm a big fan. This is the closest I'm going to get to them. 30 bucks. Yeah. But... Uh, I want to make fun of it, but I guess I could see that side. Well, that was my thing. I wanted to make fun of it, too, and I still kind of did. But at the end of the day, listen, there's not that many uh, fans who really are in a position to drop $3,000 on a game ticket. So if they could drop 30 and get their jersey signed and see their uh, favorite players, why not? But, I mean, people shouldn't have to pay $3,000 for a ticket, but that's another story <laughs> for another day. Uh the scene in Atlanta, I know there's snow, it's cold, it's not hot Atlanta this week, sorry for the bad pun, it's freezing. So what's up with the parties? So there's still going to be parties, obviously the parties are indoors and that's not going to stop us from going out and having a good time. It's not like it used to be, I mean, you know, years ago they had Playboy and Maxim and all these other things, uh, you know, there are still good parties. A lot of them are concerts though, Saturday night, there's a Cardi B and Bruno Mars concert, there's a Rolling Stone party and a few other parties, but you know, when I used to kind of cover this more as like my beat years ago it was amazing like the number of big time parties that they had again they still have parties they still have good parties it's not as crazy as it used to be What's the difference? So, you know, those Playboy Maxim parties, it was like the hardest ticket to get. I mean, to be honest, like you had to be invited to it. But now if you go on Step Up, you can actually purchase tickets to these parties. Now, some of these parties, the tickets are going for $1,000, Beto. I mean, $1,000 for a party oh. ticket. Okay, who goes to these parties? I've never been to any of them, but I'm assuming a bunch of media nerds, right? Well, so there's like a Shaq Funhouse party in Atlanta. Again, it's crazy. Like $600, $500, like $1,000. Uh, it's on. nuts. So you can purchase tickets for these parties now. Whereas 10 years ago was like, unless you knew someone at Playboy or Maxim, you weren't going to get into that party. 
I I guess I'm really sounding forty because I can't even imagine standing in line for a party. I know, man. Let alone paying a thousand dollars. Well, you don't have to pay, right? No, no, no. Of course not. Better come on. <laughs> okay. I- I was worried there for a minute. What I'm doing is, like, I'm going to cover this stuff, so I'm, I'm glad that I can kind of bring that party coverage perspective over to the Los Angeles Times. Wait, you still get to write about these parties? Yeah, so which I haven't really done in a while. So this will be a piece that'll be in the paper um, this week, this weekend. I'm not exactly sure of the time. But yeah, because, again, we are going to get these games. When they build that new stadium in 2020, we're going to get the Super Bowl, we're going to get the World Cup and the, the Olympics and all these events. So kind of giving the focus in Los Angeles, a feel, a flavor, if you will, of what's about to come our way. That's another thing I want to get into. You've been really adamant about how L.A. is the spot. It's coming all together. The amount of events coming to Los Angeles. Now, as you're in Atlanta, what's the outside perspective of L.A.? How are people viewing us as a sports city with two NFL teams. Yeah, I mean, they view us as not a football town, you know, because a lot of them kind of focus on the attendance problems that the Rams had at the beginning of their time in Los Angeles. Certainly not this season. They did quite well. But, you know, the fact that there's like usually like half the fans are for the opposing team and all this stuff. And listen, I get the national perspective of Los Angeles. But what I always tell people is that, you know, we didn't have a team for 21 years. You know, I teach a class at USC. None of my students remember when those two teams were here before. So you have to cultivate that fan base. So these fans during that entire generation where they were gone, they chose whatever, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Green Bay Packers or someone. I mean, they picked their team. So it's hard to now tell those fans, listen, I know you've been cheering for this one particular team for 21 years, but you have a team in Los Angeles now. So you have to drop that team that you've been cheering for and now root for your new hometown team. So I do believe that will happen in time, but it's going to take time. And I do believe a Super Bowl championship will do a lot to help turn that tide. Uh, You tweeted today a picture of Roger Goodell's press conference. Like, you were there. What was he saying? There was a lot of questions about where the league is at in terms of minority uh, coaches and the hiring practice and Colin Kaepernick. And uh, they were still talking about that call, that blown call in the conference championship game. And, I mean, this is sort of our one chance to talk to the commissioner this week. Um, Not a whole lot of, like, Los Angeles-specific questions. But, again, a lot of people are still upset about that call that didn't go uh, the Saints' way. But the Rams and the Patriots brass sitting front row together? Yeah, and I don't know if that's common. I have not seen that before. That may be something that they do, but that that was kind of cool to see. Uh, you know, and I'm sure they were very curious to see what the commissioner was going to say as well. But um, And then, you know, the cool thing is the two helmets and the Lombardi trophy was there too. There, I think you wrote in your story that there's over 5,000 members of the media credentialed over 20 countries represented? Yeah, this is a worldwide event. You know, you walk around here and there's people from all over the world. And that's always, I don't want to say surprising, but I mean, I know American football is not a sport that people play around the world, but everyone loves the Super Bowl. It is this amazingly global event that attracts media from all over the world. But are people really going for the game or just for the show? Well, you know, there's so many people who are just here for the week and they return to their home for the game itself. You know, so whether you're doing TV for the week out here or whatnot, I think there are a ton of people who obviously want to go to the game and are here for the game. But there are a, there's a good amount of not just reporters, but even fans who just want to be a part of the week. I haven't watched the news here in L.A. Like every single cheesy morning news show is there. Yeah. Uh, every single like radio show is there. 
Like, how many interviews have you done throughout the week? About six or so. So yeah, right. Yeah, no, but they, they are You're doing six a day. Yeah, six <laughs> exactly. But they are very curious about the way Los Angeles is embracing the Rams in the situation. And I, and what I try to tell them is, listen, this is a Lakers town. This is a Dodgers town. This is a USC football town. I think it's becoming and will become a Rams town, but it's going to take time. So when they say, what does Los Angeles think about the Rams? I said they like the Rams, but are they on the par with those three teams I mentioned? Not quite yet. So what's it going to take for them to become a Rams town? Because you know this. I think we're around the same age. Everybody in L.A. has a team that they root for, and most of those teams aren't here. Exactly. As much as the Rams fans want to say, hey, it's a Rams town, the Ramley, and all that other stuff, look, a lot of our friends are Raiders fans. Mm-hmm. A lot of our friends are Patriots fans, too. They're, how many Steelers fans? Yeah. You, yourself, Cowboys deluxe fan growing up. That's right. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. You know, when they didn't have a team here, that was my closest connection to the NFL. The Cowboys had their training camp very close to where I was living. And so that was a, a, a chance for me to watch a pro football team. And my brother became a big Cowboys fan. And so that that's a great example. Like, you can't tell him he can't be a Cowboys fan now because a team just moved in. He's a grown man at this point. So he has picked his team. But I do believe that if they win a Super Bowl, there's always a turning point for a fan base or for a team in a community and I do believe them winning that Super Bowl and if they have a parade or something and we get that entire summer or that entire kind of um, off season where it's your Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams I think that will go a long way in terms of if you're on the fence about being a fan or if you're not quite a fan yet I think that championship would help that franchise so much. Sunday, what are you writing about? You know what? I want to watch the game with fans because here's my reference for my fandom or for the teams that I rooted for growing up being at these games like um, as a fan. So I was at the Forum in the Colonnade section with the Lakers and I was at, you know, the Coliseum with USC and Dodger Stadium in the Upper Deck. That's how I became a fan of these teams. I don't have that connection with the Rams. So I'd like to tell that story where I'm with fans and not in a press box on Super Sunday where I'm where I get to experience that where I can grab a drink and a hot dog and kind of enjoy the game I got it you're gonna go to section 326 upper end zone the last row that's where you're gonna go I like that okay sit way up on top and I want you to do a story with a Rams fan who is mortgaging everything to go and because that's what you gotta do if you're look if you're looking for a room in Atlanta I mean, you're looking at $1,000 almost a night, right? If you're anywhere, anywhere in the area. Yeah. And if you're, if you're right by the same, certainly, yeah. Yeah, if you're Blue Collar Joe who can't afford to book flights way out early, you're going on the whim and you're yeah. like, you know what, I'm doing this. You're taking a red eye Friday night. I mean, you're maxing out every credit card. You're, look, your kid is not going to eat that much. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, and you're probably, go, you're probably going by yourself. Because there's no way you're taking your family. Well, that's you. a, right. Exactly. You can't take the whole crew with you unless they bought their own ticket. But yeah, like, you know, you can't bring like the kids as much as you would love to maybe go to the game with the kids. I mean, that's a lot of money. So I, I want you to find a story about a guy yeah. like that or a lady who is just saying, I'm on my own. I'm going to go find somewhere, some way to get in. And if it's even the last row, because they need to just be there for them. Because, you know, we know this. The World Series, the Super Bowl, All-Star Games, it's corporate. It's for exactly. like the celebrities who all of a sudden want to show up. It's for the big agencies that bring their clients. But And it's true. The average fan is left out of these big games, so they don't have a chance to experience it 
with their team. I feel bad, but it's just the way society is going, yeah, right, yeah. especially in the world. But if you can go find me one guy who's sitting in the top corner by himself and then, you know, you know buy, <laughs> buy him a beer on me too. I'll pay for a $34 beer. There we go. The man of the people, right? Man but of the people. That's all like we can this. be. Because it's. That's right. I, I have friends that are Rams fans who want to go and they're like, wait a minute. Like, it's yeah. tough. I mean, just the flight too. The better, like, the flight was over $1,000. Like, the room was like $1,000. Like, the ticket's like 3000 I mean, it's. I was looking for one. When you get right down to it, I mean, it's ridiculous. So. There's no flight coming back on Monday. Yeah, it's crazy. If you have a flight on Monday, good for you. You're, you're staying there till Wednesday, maybe. Um, I know, right? Arash yeah. Markazi going to be a man of the people in the top deck, but I don't want you to sit there the entire game, though. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get on the field, too. There's no, We could be a man of the people for like a quarter. There's no need for the entire time. Or is there going to be a parade in L.A., Arash? You know, I think there should be. I guess I'm afraid of the optics if it's not well attended. But listen, if they win the Super Bowl, they should have a parade. They should have something because they deserve it. And so they've been able to draw well during the season. And if you time it right and you do it in the right location, I don't know if that's down Figueroa or somewhere else, people will support this team. And I think them beating New England, if they can, will go a long way because it's not just... You know, not that it would be less than if they beat the Chiefs, but if you be, you know, they, we, we don't like the Red Sox. We don't like the Celtics. We don't like the Patriots. So that that would go a long way in saying, listen, well, whether you like the Rams or not, you got to be a Rams fan on Sunday and then come out when they win and support them at the parade if they have one. You know what? I don't care about teams. I don't really root for one. I don't. I really just don't care. But just I hate seeing Boston win. Exactly right. <laughs> that takes yeah. me back to the childhood. I look, I, Kevin McHale still to this day irks me. Like, the way he <laughs> took out Rambus, it just, I, it just anything anybody but Boston, like in Brewster's Millions, none of the above. Exactly. No Boston, no Boston for me. That's all I care about. So go Rams for this. Yeah. One. Arash <laughs> exactly. Markazi, I know you're busy. Appreciate it as always. And we got to get you in studio so we can really break down some page two to go down memory lane with Alan Malambud and talk about oh, his days on Jeopardy and how you won the Jim Murray scholarship. All That's that right. Stuff. Appreciate you, Rush. Thank you so much. Thank you. Nobody better if you want to get the pulse of a city. Rush Markazi does a great job covering not just sports, but the vibe and the feel of what it's like to be at Super Bowl. Definitely a huge addition to the LA Times sports scene. If you want more of Rosh's coverage, make sure you check out his Twitter. His social media is his name, Rosh Markazi. Does a great job of posting the pictures from behind the scenes at the Super Bowl. For everybody involved in the Super Bowl 53 coverage today, Dave Wine is the producer, Young Chung in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bethel Duran. Thanks for listening to the Arrive Early, Leave Late podcast. And as always, all LA Times podcasts can be found on the homepage, latimes.com slash podcast, latimes.com slash podcasts.